Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Tin Cans. And now we're in the new year, 2021. And we are still pumping out these podcasts for you, for the audience at home. And today's podcast, we have a special guest. And stay tuned for our wonderful uh, content that is awaiting. All the intro music. Tin Cans, three high school kids. We don't know what we're doing, but we do it anyways. Tin cans, tin cans, tin cans. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Tin Cans. You're starting 2021 off right with another episode with us. You're spending the time with us. I hope you spent uh, your time with your family on the Christmas break. Uh, today, we are going... <laughs> Look at the chat. <laughs> today, we are, today, we are taking uh, a different turn in our content this topic is uh very well originally we were we were thinking like who is the right guy for for this topic and then the first thing the first guy that came to mind was mr anthony pervuti so that is our guest for today we're nice anthony pervuti hello hello thank you for having me and uh we're gonna be talking about you probably already guessed it it's anthony we're gonna talk talking about technology coding and um, like the the I don't know the world of technology and what it has in what what's in store for the future. So um, we're gonna be talking about um, not like not just like cell phones and like um, uh, oh, but social media is bad for you. Like we're we're already past that. We're gonna be talking about um, some some big. We're finally gonna be talking about accomplishments because usually we bash social media and technology, but uh, we're gonna be talking about some accomplishments, advancements and some of the failures as well. So Anthony, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, um, as, as you guys know, I'm, I'm Anthony Pervuti. I'm a grade 11 here at St. Rob's as everybody else is. And yeah, they wanted me to come over today and we're going to just be talking about some developments this year in tech and how it just means for our world in general and our life as well, especially as students. But I think for the first thing we'd I'd like to go over, just like to talk about, is probably like the biggest thing that's happened this year. It's the general, just the movement of our life from like an in-person to sort of like a virtual format because of COVID and how that's changed everything. Like the so-called Zoom migrations where everybody's moving online, classes are being held online, people are working from home and just general socialization is just mainly done like through the internet. We've sort of lost that face-to-face like in-person communication, everything sort of being done this online services. So there's obviously long-term impacts of this. I'd like to hear you guys' opinions on like this whole shift in our social dynamic. Nathan, you wanna go first? Alex, you wanna go first? <laughs> you okay, then. Well, uh, obviously at the start uh, with any change, I feel like you're gonna be unaccustomed to it. But as of now, a couple months in, I'm pretty accustomed to it. I wake up every morning I don't dress up in my uniform. I don't uh, put on my shoes. I don't go in the car early to go to school. I just plop myself down on the computer and I'm in class. So at first it was kind of uh, unnatural to me, but now it's just, I guess, it's just habit to me now. Like, like humans are like so good at adapting. Like we do something yeah. for more than, I think it's like seven days to build uh, a hobby. 21 days uh, to build a habit or something like that. I don't know. I think that like this online thing is like sort of 
it, it's a good thing for us because like we can like like Alex said we have to put on uniform and like wake up earlier. But then the thing is like in the like if you look at it more in depth, like it's more easily to like be distracted and not be focused in class and like just not listening to like the actual content in class and then like but the, the way that I'm actually looking at this is that people are saying that as soon as like the vaccine comes out and rolls out sometime later this year, that we're just going to go back to normal everybody's <laughs> in person. But I honestly think that we're going to be in like this online position for like years after this whole COVID thing, because not only is it more convenient for a lot of people, if you think of it from like the point of view of like a big company like BMO or TD who has to like run an office and like an expensive metropolitan area they don't have to pay office rent they don't need yeah. to like pay like all the fees that they need to do for like their offices to keep them running or electricity bills or like just in-person stuff they can say okay we'll buy you a laptop i hope you have good internet and you work from home i think for a long time we're gonna see companies just continue on with this okay work from home because even if even if you look at like the productivity rates of the employees, it hasn't really changed that much. Of course, there's issues about working at home, but from like the point of view of like a major company, they really see very little change in the actual productivity of its workers. So that's why I think we're going to be sticking with this situation for quite yeah, a while. Like yeah. the, the relationship between like those big companies and their workers is pretty mutual. Like I feel like they're they're not really in conflict or. Or like as it seems and the relationship is pretty symbiotic like they work pretty well together the the companies are happy that they don't have to pay rent like hydro bills and whatever and electricity and the people working like the employees they're pretty satisfied to be working at home because they don't have to do that daily commute they don't they can be around with their kids right like um sometimes it'll like the kids are a pain in the butt but like I, i'm like to the parents like family is pretty important and to be able to like have like such a flexible schedule to be working and still like be around your kids and your family like as soon as you finish working you turn around and then it's home time like, I, I think that's that adds to like i, I guess it, it makes them like maybe look forward to working a bit more knowing that their family is right beside them i think it's much more efficient too like in terms of like communication wise like if you want to reach someone you could just like matter message them or say you have a meeting right you don't have to waste that time going like from point a to point b you could just hop on a zoom meeting and then just mm -hmm. you know you know actually talk. there's actually been like a couple uh a couple um softwares that are like or applications that i don't think they're competing with zoom but they're, they're alternatives um so obviously uh, google meet is like the school's preferred because with google meet it's already attached to like a student's um, email account so they can like have more control over kids and whatever um have you guys heard of a WebEx meeting? Yeah. Yeah, that that is like um so my mom my mom she works at City Hall. And that is what the city of Toronto prefers to use. And then it's like it, it looks like a Windows 7 like a software. Like it, it looks so old. But like I guess I don't know, that's just what they prefer. So I think also like the main reason why the schools like using Google Meet like I don't really like using Zoom that much. Mostly because Google Meets, like just as you said, it's like linked with like the student's email. So it's like it's like linked with like Google Classroom, Google Drive, like Google Docs, like all the external like application that Zoom and like Microsoft Team Meets doesn't have. Mm -hmm. And I really do think that it's like 
I, I've seen like the transition over like the two years that we've been at school. Teachers are more and more moving to having like majority of like the information of their class dumped through online. Like I've had several classes where the teacher has just set up at the beginning. Uh, this will be like a no paper class. All the information you'll have is like on Google yeah. Classroom. And I think that's that's a shift that we're going to be seeing that's only going to get stronger and stronger into the future. There may be a time where a certain class may not have a single handout. You'll just have to write a Google Doc. Yeah, like because of quarantine, schools and companies find like this newfound like opportunity where they're like, well, if if we can make this work for so long, we might as well like capitalize on this. And then they're going to start developing it, hopefully, uh, because they know that we're in this for the long run. And then eventually a lot of like some courses might just turn into this or some part of your school schedule might turn into it. Like nobody knows anything can happen. Yes. Another problem that I see with like, they're like, okay, there's really good things about moving a lot of things online, but there's also a pretty bad thing about it because not everybody has a fast internet connection. Not everybody has devices around like enough devices around their house. Like there's a lot of families, especially here in Toronto that have, they have like four to like six siblings, but they only have one device and every single one of them needs to be on a class at the same time. And that's really untenable. Like there's no situation where that's fair for the person, especially if they're going for a higher sort of education. Yeah. What do you so think that, about, what do you think about these, like um, these companies? Like I've heard of companies providing like really, really like poorly equipped employees. Like they're, they're giving them like um, laptops, like barely can run. Like these laptops don't even have Windows 10. Like, I know I, that sounds pretty spoiled of me, but like, like these these laptops don't, like they barely run Google properly. What do you what do you think of that? Like, don't you think these companies should have? Okay, yeah, maybe they don't have as much money because of like the lockdown and like maybe they're suffering a little bit. But I feel like they should invest more into like their employees and give them some better equipment if they want to get like work done faster and more efficiently. I feel when you look at the companies that actually like are able to work from home most of those companies are like they're like tech companies or like services companies where there, it doesn't really need to be like an in-person presence sort of like if you're working at a like tech department of a bank a finance department of like a big company or something along those lines those are the companies that are actually put in a position where you can work from home like manufacturing companies or a packing company those ones you you it doesn't make sense to give your employees laptops because what can they, they can't package boxes with a laptop. So I don't really think there's an excuse for like those types of companies to like equip their employees with subpar, subpar like equipment to do their work because they're, in a, they're very much in a position to do that. But I think it's issues with the internal management system because no way that the tech department saying, yes, let's give them all. Uh, laptops from the early 2000s with an outdated software because that doesn't make sense but I think that just falls down to like upper management issues okay um Alex do you have anything to add uh I also noticed uh with workers there's also students as Anthony touched on where like uh, multiple maybe a, a household doesn't have any laptop or a household has multiple kids with only a single laptop school also provides uh i think chromebooks right yeah yeah but then uh obviously we know our school it's pretty old it's pretty run down and to think that they have the money to provide maybe hundreds of students or like not even hundreds but like uh the school board has hundreds of students to provide these laptops and they're, and they're relatively cheap like 200 to 500 dollars 
but to multiply that by 100 that's a lot of money and then uh to think that the school has this amount of money instead of like maybe financing into a better gym better facilities for the students in person rather than just giving uh chromebooks to uh everyone do you think that the school is like maybe going in depth or they just have this uh money saved up you know, I, I actually don't think it's going to hurt the, the school much because these school Chromebooks, they have a lot of things that are, I feel like they have some, um, what's it called? Uh, some like, like you can, you know how like if you buy a Chromebook outside of school and it's not designed for like the school board, there's some things you can do on it that you can't do with the school Chromebook. And also the school Chromebook, they probably buy it from like, they, they buy it from a place where they're going to buy in bulk, right? So they're, they're going to they're gonna get it for cheap. I don't think it's going to cost... I think it's gonna get like a deal. Yeah, I'm, I think it's gonna cost them maybe fifty to hundred because the Chromebooks that that the school offers is definitely not like some some new Chromebooks. Yeah, the Chromebooks that like the school gives you has like software built into it where it's it's made in such a way that it's not like you can't use it for like free browsing. So like the things that you can go on are like restricted. The apps that you can download are restricted. You can't download external stuff without like yeah. using a, like a school administrator's pass or something like that. <laughs> so the only purpose that they're giving you with that device is for you to log on to your classes and to access the, the sites and the stuff you need to do your work on. They, they don't let you do anything else with those Chromebooks and they do monitor them. There's been issues, especially with other schools, where it's there's been like an invasion of privacy through using a Chromebook because it's sort of like a closed system. So they can like, especially like if you're using Google Meets, it'll give them or like Zoom, it'll give them like an alert if like you're off the tab, you're like on a different mm. tab during a Google Meet, or it'll like it'll continue streaming your camera even if it's turned off or streaming your mic. So there's definitely problems with that, but I think it's it's good enough for now. But because of the situation given, but I think there's definitely changes that need to be made. But moving on from this, we talked about before, like not kids not having devices, but there's also the thing about kids not having internet. And that's also like a really big thing. Like even if you have a device, if you don't have fast enough internet or you don't have internet at all, that's gonna be impossible for you to log on to your classes. And, it's the, and the school's not gonna provide you internet. Like that's, no, school, that's, not, that's not realistic. It's an impossibility, yeah. and. Even, even if things go back to in-person, as we said before, so much of the stuff that we need to know is on like online. So much of the stuff is on Google Classroom. So the second you leave your school, you're, you can't access that stuff anymore. And that's a problem. I think, okay, I think it's, that, that was a good cover of the first topic. Let's go on to the second one. So 5G developments and controversy. So like people's scrutiny about it or whatever. And um you know, I've actually, I've actually only heard about 5G, like, barely. Um, I haven't really, like, looked into it because the only time I've heard about 5G is, like, Huawei. And then that's that's all I know. Like, all, all I know is that 5G, good. That's all I know. Yeah, just, just a really brief rundown of what 5G is. And it just, it's talking about, like, the speed, like, the upload and download speed of, like, the mobile internet you can get. So 5G is like, it's reached a thre threshold where you can actually do a lot of stuff with it through your phone. It's like, you can like watch, like you can watch YouTube's very consistently. You can actually, you can actually uh, like stream off like Netflix or something pretty, like pretty easily off like data. And probably the most important thing that you can actually go on like a live meet with somebody, like a FaceTime meet or not even that, just like a Zoom or a Google meet off your phone pretty easily. 
Okay. So, so it's like doing, doing things that we can already do with 3G, except better. Yeah. We're on LTE right now. 5G is sort of like the next development in that sort of like mobile internet world. So why do we skip 4G? We have 4G, but LTE is just 4G. better. Wait, what is 4G? And what, what, is, what does the G mean? G is like the speed. It's like gigabytes. Oh. Oh. Uh, wait, I, I heard, um, I heard the, you know, uh, the Nashville RV bomb thing? Yeah. I think there was like some a news article that I read. It was like there was speculation over the guy that uh, that bombed our, or bombed in Nashville. It was next to AT&T Tower that provided 5G network. So maybe there's like some speculation that because of the 5G, he wanted to like bomb. Wait, yes. I don't know what I'm saying. Yes. So be, wait, say it again. So like he, the 5G, like it was the mo he motiva- it motivated him to to. Yeah, I th- I think that because there's a lot of like speculation and uh, these are, like theories of 5G being bad and like apparently it could spread the COVID nineteen virus. <laughs> through, through the way All right, we're not gonna get into that. We're not gonna okay. get into that. Yeah. So as Nathan was saying, yeah, there's there's conspiracies around it. Um, the big one is how like the radiate. The radiation it gives off because it's like of a high of a higher frequency, but like because obviously with like higher up higher speeds you need a higher frequency for that to actually travel on. There's like more power associated with that, so people people are worried about that, especially with the towers being close to where they live or like the waves impacting them. While there is there is a concern about being very close to like a cell phone tower, there's always been a concern about living right next to one because there there is the, there are things that show that living close to like being completely bombarded with these frequencies for a long period of time pretty bad, but I don't think that people realize that the actual frequency of five G is actually less than what you get from a microwave running, and everybody has a microwave in their house. Yeah, and people people like stand next to the microwave with their phone too. Like they like they'll microwave food. They're just in there like waiting for the food, and then they complain about like frequencies beside their house or whatever. Heard yeah, people so, talk. No, yeah, go ahead. I've heard people talk about the side effects, and then these include cancer and even infertility. And I feel like that's kind of a stretch, right? As you mentioned earlier, that microwaves have higher uh, concentration of like uh, radiation than these towers. But then uh, I also like to touch on you. Have you ever seen like going down those highway or you're just driving down and you see those huge towers with like those uh, receivers on the side, like those cell phone towers? Yeah. Those are like, uh, I think there's those are 4G and you can you see that they're spread apart like fairly widely, right? Mm-hmm. Even in, in urban dense areas, there's like, uh, they're there, but there's like they spread out. But with 5G, uh, there because the the waves are like shorter uh i don't really know the details but i know the towers they have less range so they they have to be placed more frequently so if people uh if people are con- like th- there definitely are people concerned about the effects that they have on the people uh, like on their health but then uh with 5g and they're being really spread out like uh there's larger quantities of these towers because they have shorter range then uh i feel like people would be even more concerned about their health because of the uh, vastness of these towers. I feel like it's a lot of fear mongering. This is what I'm hearing. A lot of fear mongering, but um, th- yeah, like you're right. There is a lot of fear mongering, but like a similar situation happened in like the early like 20th century when they started like 
putting uh, electric cables all throughout the cities. There was there was real concern that those electric cables going throughout the city would uh like impact it would shock people they would cause like bad problems for people called like health impacts and there was there was real opposition towards electrifying like major cities like mm-hmm. giving us like electric power so obviously we've been through that hurdle and I'm seeing a lot of parallels between this situation and the five G situation because back then like electricity. If you look at pictures of like electricity wires in like the early 1900s, they're, they're they're nothing like they are now. Now they're like they're very nicely organized. They're like elevated over the streets. They're put on like or sometimes they're even like underground. They're like out of view. They're not cluttering everywhere. But if you look at those pictures, they're like completely spread over. They create like a canopy over the city. Yeah. So I think it's important that don't just look at like the health impacts of 5G. Say oh, it's a conspiracy. Like to not believe it. I do think that there is there's extra research that definitely has to be done on what's the best way to implement 5G because yes, there's like yes, there's not that much frequency, but humans aren't really no humans aren't designed to be around that much frequency, period, in general. Mm-hmm. So I still think that they really they really need to look into what's the best way to implement it but i really do think that's going to be important for the development of internet for the human race in general i think this is a big stepping stone mm-hmm. all right so i want to move on to this i think this is really interesting i want to talk about amazon's dominance with the new covid world like they they straight up just fortnite asserted their dominance on everybody i think i think they like invested I don't know, but this is this is like off track. But I think they invested straight up like a hundred million dollars or something like that into one of new Tesla's competitors. So they're straight up throwing money at things like that. Um, they're they are no shy of doing doing very comfortably well. Um, you guys want to talk about that? Yeah, they just Amazon just keeps on keeps on winning for a lack of a better word. They. They have so much money, like their their annual. The reason why they're just winning so much, they're just blowing all their competitors out of the water, is because like I watched a documentary recently. It's the reason why they're doing so well is because they have so much money to spend. They can take losses, like yeah, like no profits for years after year, and they can just drive out their competitors because they can offer those lower prices while taking a loss. Like yeah, just nobody can do it like like they do it. Nobody does it better. I think they 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 dominate the market already before covid as well i'm pretty sure yeah who are their main competitors i don't even know they really have no major competitors in like the online marketplace region because the service that they offer is just so convenient i hear people like especially online they're just like they're they're complaining and they're upset about like the dominance and like the unethical like corporate structure of amazon and how they badly treat their employees and they're exploitative of like third world countries and then 30 minutes later they they get their amazon prime package yeah they 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 walk to their door oh my god my package is here yeah so like they complain about the whole ethical and moral standings of amazon but they can't deny themselves the convenience that comes with buying a product from amazon and getting it a day later yeah pretty sure um what happened here um uh, well, when did jeff when did jeff bezos become the richest is he the richest guy i don't know yeah when did he when did he when did that happen like a month ago i think 
last year or something like that. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. You know, Jeff Bezos, he started off Amazon as a book company and it just, uh, it just took yeah. off from there. That, that's, that's, that's pretty funny. That's pretty interesting. Um, you, know, you can see like, um, what was it called? His, I, I, you know, I always, I always say, I always say this, but um, like every, every person, every person that's like that, every like sort of like entrepreneur or like every, every kind of like genius to some degree is, is a little bit crazy. Like they have some sort of like, like unbalanced like mental state or whatever like they're they every single genius name like name one genius that isn't crazy like every 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 person that is crazy successful has some like you can see it in like his interviews when he first started out amazon the the like the the way he talks and like i saw this like um some some psychologist or some some person like analyze the way he speaks and like uh his body language and stuff and they, they break it down to like to the very core and then they they come they it's like it's just so crazy to me like it's it's like a trend okay that, that was yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah especially if you look at like people like for example if you guys remember steve jobs before he died he was he was known to like be treat his employees and the people that are working under him like really toughly he like he wanted perfection he wanted like his exact vision to be created um of course, during that time, and even now, people are sort of saying, like, maybe we shouldn't treat him as this sort of a genius that he was because he did all these bad things. But if we look at it, his vision and his concept essentially made Apple what it is, the superpower that it is today. Yeah, it's because you, you can't really think of cell phones or, like, sleek tech design mm -hmm. without, without thinking of Apple. Mm-hmm. That's like really Apple cool. brings like the sort of like refinement to like the tech world, especially with their phones and their like their applications and like their computers. It's just it's pretty much unmatched within the tech industry. Yeah, like no matter how much you meme Apple, they're they're making bank. Because you'll you'll when AirPods first came out, everyone memed them. But now everyone has AirPods. When AirPods when AirPods Max, you know those those fat headphones that come in a shape like a bra? When everyone memed them, now everyone has them for Christmas. You see this? Like Apple knows what they're doing. They're they're gonna they're gonna they're like yo meme us meme us. Well, we're still taking your money. They, like these companies, big companies, they know what they're doing. Like like again, going back to resale, I just love this topic. Like Nike knows what they're doing. They're releasing stuff in smaller quantities because they know that there's an underground market for this. They know what kind of like marketing it drives to them. They they just know what they're doing, and they're not gonna say it. They're not gonna they're not gonna fully expose what they're doing. But everyone knows, and Nike like they. Everybody from that, from externally to internally in Nike, they all know what Nike is doing, and they, they know what kind of rise and what kind of future they have. So this this sort of this is like one of the key points of their success. Yeah, and just moving back to the whole thing about like Amazon's dominance, I I think that I think a lot of people don't really know that makes Amazon such a big force in the market is their Amazon Web Services department. Mm. That makes I think like a pretty significant por portion its profits it's essentially like a massive hosting service so pretty much everybody can use it and they can like host like a website or like a server or like pretty much anything you want on the cloud and that's really the biggest part apart from like the delivery delivery aspect and like the online store i think amazon web services it's, it's like second biggest yeah. department and it's making a lot of money and a lot of companies are completely reliant on that service to reach their uh their customers themselves like you know you're successful when your service is fueling your competitors you know what i mean yeah
And then oh, another thing is um, how is how is Amazon um affiliated with Twitch? Do they own Twitch or something? I think maybe they they have like a controlling stake in Twitch, or like they have they've invested a significant portion in there, or it's just a partnership. But there's definitely some there's definitely an influence part of it because you can li- link your Amazon Prime with Twitch and you can get rewards to that. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's that's something we're gonna see like it's everything's just going to go crazier and crazier like n- almost and almost nothing has a limit right like these days i mean amazon as a website uh selling company they own they own lots of stuff from like uh they're part, like they don't own twitch but they're partnership with twitch maybe uh spacex and whole foods a supermarket right and with uh, with the, with their vast money i guess they can just really do anything amazon can amazon can create yeah, anything, and, right. And there's also a lot of like concern about Amazon having both the online marketplace and the web services because it's sort of like they control the market and they control the keys to that market at the same time. So there's been sort of calls for Amazon web services to be sort of like split off from the main company for them to be broken apart. Yeah. Because that's it's approaching almost monopolistic levels of control of the exactly. market yeah. because they can control who goes onto their market. If their competitors want to sell, because Amazon has this thing called Amazon basics. So they sell like scissors, tape, like clothes, like very basic things. And th- they can sell those at a very, very low price. And they can essentially bar their competitors from entering the online market because they have full control over it. And the thing is like with COVID right now, it's just perfect timing like that they, that they see it rise um they're definitely correlated and like people will not want it to go outside amazon is their new store amazon is their new like i don't know walmart winners whatever wherever you go to i don't know it's i bought it's so like, much stuff from like amazon over the, the court yeah, yeah over yeah. the quarantine yeah like you can find a book maybe at indigo for 15 dollars, but amazon will do it for 12 dollars and free shipping and next day shipping. And yeah, and next day shipping. And and they'll give you they'll they like you you thinking, oh, I'm gonna get like a Amazon Prime membership with all these seven emails I have. Oh, I'm I'm scamming them. You're not scamming them for anything, buddy. Like I used to think, oh, I'm scamming Uber Eats with all these free I'm not scamming them. These people like like the company really like they they know that they're still making money, like you have customers coming back. So they, these guys are smart. And we were talking about Twitch earlier. Let's just move on to the whole gaming's big year this year yeah gaming sort of exploded this year because everybody had to stay home Mm -hmm. so they've used a lot a lot of people use this time to get into gaming for the first time yeah like gaming has seen um so many people migrate towards like i'm a great example of this i i quit playing games in like the summer and then once winter break hit and then i was like well after i finish my work i really have no other purpose other than going outside like to go on a walk and stuff um and record this podcast so i was like well it's time to play games again and like games are just like they're just so addicting for like i mean like who doesn't want to who doesn't like who doesn't enjoy winning and who doesn't enjoy like playing and hanging out with their friends like it's it's so easy just it's it's literally a drug it's it's so especially for a person like me uh i i easily get addicted to things and um playing game is playing games is like the saying is like time passes by when you're having fun playing games isn't really having fun it's literally entering a new world and when you enter a new world you forget about everything else that matters so i think at some point 
people are going to start canceling games because, oh, you're exploiting people. But I mean, for now. For now, it, gaming is probably the next biggest form of entertainment. And you, even if like you look at a like a price, like a price to value, like comparison, for example, when you go to the movies, you pay like $15 for a mm. ticket, like $20 for like popcorn, like an extra like five for a drink. So like when other things included, like totals out to like $60 and like you experience it for maybe two and a half hours at most. And you don't even think about it too. You don't think about it. But like when you play a game, right? Like you're, when you're, when you're playing a video game or like you buy a video game, at most the video game will be like $60 and you can drop hundreds of hours into it. And people will spend more than more than thousands of dollars on a game after like post, yeah. post purchase. They'll buy uh, microtransactions and that, that's a very hot, hot button topic. And, and especially with games like CSGO, they, people see like forms of investments where they can buy something, hold it, and then sell it in the future again. Uh, so like it's, it's, it's a cycle, it's a trap. So like, okay. while I'm not saying that video games are going to like replace movies, I think that especially with like developments in like VR and like just graphic realism overall, I think it's slowly outpacing movies as being like the main form of entertainment. Like people back in the 80s, they're like, okay, let's go to a movie theater. Now people are like, okay, let's get on together and let's play games together. Yeah. And that's sort of become like the new norm. Like very, I'm not going to say very few people, but I, even before COVID, I didn't go to the movies that often. Exactly. Like, completely often. Like, I, I think I stopped going to the movies once uh, I passed grade four or three, because I feel like movies were like, to me, it's just like, even when I was younger, I, I didn't know what an investment was, but it's just not a good investment. Like, it's not a good place to put your money because you can literally watch a movie at home and you'll have better snacks. And, and like, I don't want to sit in a dirty movie theater. Like, I'm, a, I'm a, kind of a germaphobe. Like, who knows what has done whatever in there. Um, and there's, <laughs> and like, and like a movie theater is like, is, I don't know. It's kind of weird. Sometimes there's like people that just like, there's these people that can't stop talking in the movie. Like, I just want to leave. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think, is there anything like really quickly you want to talk about before we, before we end this? I, I mean, video games, uh, obviously this year I've seen personally because I can, my, this, the laptop I play on, it can only run Minecraft and the way people play on it together is like servers. And the main server is called iPixel. Before COVID, it was usually sitting around 40K, 30K players on average. You know how much is at the peak of quarantine? I think it reached 100,000 or maybe 150,000. I'm not even sure. Jeez. Maybe at the peak. Jeez. Right now, it's, it's suddenly around 100,000. But the yeah. thing is that there was such an influx of players that the, there had to be a queue implemented. So one time I got, I got on Hypixel, but I reached the queue. I was like 30,000 in queue. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 it takes on. Obviously, they expanded their servers, but uh, the sudden influx of I don't know new new meat, as one can say, to the gaming community, where this Call of Duty, I don't know Simpsons, not Sim Sims, <laughs> Simpsons, Roblox. It's just the sudden influx, and uh, I guess the, the the as as gaming rises in the entertainment uh, sector, I guess. Uh, the profit coming from these guys from this uh, from gaming is just off the charts because obviously you need to buy the game. Maybe you want to look swag in your game, so you buy cosmetics. You want to get I don't know the Fortnite battle pass, but think <laughs> to run it all, you need a you need a good system for some of these games that everyone's playing, like Call of Duty. I can't run that. I can't run that on this laptop. It'll, it'll smash the laptop, like literally. Yeah. People need to spend like maybe maybe not thousands, but people still will because like I don't know. Uh, they want they want to get that advantage over someone else. 
the competitiveness of the game, right? So I can run maybe like 40 frames while I get destroyed by someone with 1.2 frames on Minecraft. Like, like that's just that's just the stuff that's come the profit that's coming from gaming. And obviously, just a quick thing to add with like all these new people, I honestly think that this year, like just a quick wrap up topic, if you want to get into games, now is like especially like during this season, now is the best time to get into games because yeah. all the new consoles the Xbox and the PlayStation have both released at the same time. New graphics cards, new CPUs have both released at the same time. So honestly, this is like the perfect storm. Everybody's staying home. A bunch of new things are coming out and everybody has lots of time to play. So now is essentially, I would think if we look back at this time, we would look at 2020 as sort of the year that gaming went really, really mainstream. Yeah, yeah. And it's very recognizable. Like it, it used to be like a, a like a certain niche or like a, a group of people in a spectrum but now it's very it's really wide yes yeah. so I'm, I'm gonna end it here okay because our, our meeting's about to end yeah all right yeah. so uh we appreciate you guys for listening and uh we'll see you next time goodbye, goodbye. goodbye.